2: Also, we need to take off um, sponsored by Sarah Smith on the logo.
3: Yeah, you know what? Every week I look at that and go, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that off tomorrow. And of course, tomorrow never comes.
1: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right,
4: Your Honor. If you're interested in becoming a manager, why not speak to my Neil? They can tell you all you need to know about becoming a manager, as he is a manager. They can advise you on management overalls, management willies, and the right management hand scrub to use to get the pig shit out from under your fingernails. Because he's a manager. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. (laughs)
3: Goodness, I was, I was a bit premature then. Folks, this is Dumb-D-Dumb, the show about the reality drama that are centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands on the community-spirited flower and produce show. That is Roy Phil Brown. And with me the Total Fix, that is... Lucy Freeman. Good heavens, woman, where are you? Where were you?
2: What's going on? I'm,
3: You're not very quick I'm on here. the draw this week, are you?
2: Sorry, no. It's very <laughs> apt for
3: me to say, Lucy... <laughs> There's a somewhat of a pregnant pause before you answered. What's up with you? Does your chest need a rubbing? Um, it does, doesn't it? it...
2: <laughs> I am in an advanced state of death. Um, now, oh, I'm just dear. awash with uh, sip cold and flu, uh, tissues. It's disgusting. The whole office smells of menthol eucalyptus thingy, Bobby. <sighs> uh, um, but, yes, if I have to have a coughing fit, I shall I shall trot off mic, have a quick wheeze, and then come back.
3: <laughs> well. Um, but when
2: you make me laugh, as you did earlier, I then I then sound like a really, really old lady because I, <laughs> I go into, like, this extended <laughs> wheeze that just goes on and on and on.
3: I only have one joke in me per episode, and I use that off mic. So you, you're safe, missus. Don't worry.
2: Uh, now... <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, okay maybe one and a half <laughs> uh so <laughs> i'm now auditioning okay one and three quarters uh, i'm now auditioning folks uh for the new lucy freeman because it looks like she's on her last legs so if you want to co-host do yeah. Dumb with me next week um apply it on uh with a on a postcard and uh you can apply to po box 111 and just say uh why you think you can do it and uh awesome so next week, we'll have a new Lucy. Uh, but Lucy, being as it's your last week as oh, Lucy, yeah. before the new Lucy takes in mm. as Lucy, um, why don't you tell us, oh, goodness, I've all got this arse about cock. I'm going to rewind, right? Because I thought it was time okay. for you to tell us how people could uh, send in a dum dum But first, I have to go back to the script and go, Right. And the last part of Letters Dodgy <laughs> Scrap Cakes, folks, is you. Good heavens. If you've listened to Dumby Dum for the first time, you're thinking, what the hell is this? Uh, now, this week's Dumby Dump was from Martin Williams. He's a professional musician, don't you know? He's very, very, very good. He's played with all the greats. He's ro- played at the Royal Albert Hall. And we thank and salute you, Martin, uh, for your Dumby Dum. Um, I think, possibly, maybe, you won't ever hear that one again, folks. though. I suppose if we do a show which is about the best dumdy dums, it'll definitely be on there. But anyway, yeah. uh, if somebody would and like Matthews to see this as well, oh gosh, yeah. Well, there's been so many good yeah. ones, haven't there? There's I been really, some really good yeah. ones and some very inept ones. And I have a penchant for the for the inept <laughs> ones. Actually,
2: the good ones I know, are good. I like and the all. ones where people walk in halfway through, or someone's child starts crying, or something like that. I quite like
3: this. there is something very <laughs> cute about a child that can barely speak, let alone hum a tune, attempting Barwick Green.
2: Yes. However, we have a full well, it's, range. It's, it's fre- the Jesuit approach. Get them young, isn't it, really? <laughs> <A short
3: break. laughs> Absolutely. There is something very, what, what we have here is the full range frequency of dumby-dums. We have the cute, inept, the polished, the brilliant, the shitty. We have them all. And and I revel in, in all of them. But um, if they're kind of like not so uh, polished, even better. Whatever, whatever, I don't know what I'm saying other than to say that Lucy, someone who would like to send us in a dumpty dum, how exactly can that be done?
2: Um, if you would like to sing us a dumpty dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 0313105 or leave us a message on Speak. Now, quick announcement from Kerry Warbis and various other people in Brighton. Oh, yeah, Angela Barnes, uh, friend of the show, Angela Barnes. Um, They are having a meetup uh, in Brighton, 1 p.m. on the 12th of October um, at the Eagle Pub, Gloucester Road, Brighton, um, and would love to see you there. Get in touch with uh, at Kerry Warbis on the Twitters uh, or at uh, Angela Barnes and they will um, give you any more details should you need them but I'm not really sure you do because all you do is turn up at the Eagle Pub on Gloucester Road at 1pm on Saturday the 12th of October and I have it on good authority that there are name tags because Kerry is thorough yes anyway uh, <laughs> thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups Shambridge for her brilliant voices Mike Hatton face character counts and to Derek throw in the back bedroom um Derek was very annoyed on Jill's behalf about the scrap cake debacle. He said he'd be really hurt if anyone entered his gentleman's buttonhole unexpectedly.
3: Yay. Well done, you. Uh, Talking about meetups, right? Uh, Maddie in Ottawa has sent me an email. Uh, She sent this email to me on September the 11th. Uh, She would like to organise a meetup in Ottawa. And. She's kind of got things somewhat kind of sorted. Now, I will actually be in Ottawa uh, on dad duty, making sure that my son is actually studying, uh, back end of October. I will actually be in Ottawa on Saturday, the 26th of October. So uh, this is a question really from Maddie: Are there any dumby-dumbers in Ottawa? And if there are, um, why don't you send me an email at royfield at gmail.com and basically we can arrange a little mini meetup maddie would like to meet up i will actually be there so why the hell not maybe we can get one or two others so if you can get to ottawa you're in the ottawa region uh it's october the 26th but send me an email and then if there's a couple of people that want to do it then we will arrange the said meet-up, folks. On this week's episode, we hear views from Andrew, Paul, Emily, Claire and Tony. But first, before all of that, sit down, brace yourself, it's our Loose and a week in Ambridge.
2: Well, we began the week, pretty much anyway, with the vessel going into labour on Kirsty's rug. Poor Kirsty. Never has the phrase, no good turn goes unpunished, rung more true. All she did was offer Lexi a bit of cake and before she knows where she is, she gets a load of ick all over her brand new rug, then has to drive a soggy Lexi and a fretting ear around and spends the entire night trotting alongside tight-lipped Jennifer as she marches crossly round an NHS hospital court shoes clopping crossly on the floor and an NHS hospital mark you that allows you half an hour free parking what mythical land is this before being invited <laughs> in to watch Lexi try not to strangle Ian who reminded her of the importance of breathing and a male midwife who describes the pain as stinging stinging. I had two caesareans and even they did more than sting. The cup of tea afterwards did more than sting. Anyway, she had it and there was a wailing from the baby and a gnashing of teeth from Jenny, darling. Who is being utterly unbearable? Unable to cope with a situation which is beyond her experience, she has gone the Daily Mail reader route, which is, is it new? Did the Victorians do it? No? Well, then I don't like it. Plus, she called the poor baby Little Man, which should be a capital offence in my book. Adam and Ian called the baby Hmm. Xander after Alexander Armstrong on Pointless, which seems entirely appropriate. Jennifer was hoping for something more classic, heroic and noble, like Brian, for instance. To take (laughs) her mind off Kirsty's rug, there was an hilarious incident (laughs) at the Flower and Produce show in which some cakes made of a pig's insides nearly won but didn't. Instead... Orville's vegan lamingtons swept the board. Honestly, sometimes the plots are just like someone threw a Scrabble bag up in the air and made a storyline based on whatever letters they picked up first. We had a good lunch with Lillian. Blimey, she's got a type, hasn't she? Vince Casey, Mm -hmm. or rather Mince Casey, as Kerry Warbis christened him on the Twitters, so I'm totally nicking that with due accreditation. (laughs) Lillian had a late lunch with mince casey at the feathers which resulted in her falling out of a cab onto the drive of the dower house and the cab driving off with her shoes still in it no idea what happened to her skirt and pants lillian stoutly claimed to justin that not only had she not revealed his business secrets to mince she hadn't even dribbled lillian quite frankly we don't care if you flooded your basement what we want to know is why you were having lunch with him in the first place as he sounds utterly loathsome I mean, Matt Crawford sounded like one of the regulars of the Winchester in Arthur Daly's time and had a certain suede charm. But mince just sounds like a lump of Birmingham gammon with big red hands and spittle-flecked lips. Mm. I don't know what it is about Lillian. I really don't. She has this phenomenal ability to create jealousy triangles everywhere. I mean, it is possibly the way she treats men like lipsticks and you have a good one at home, but you always need one in your bag in case you need a touch-up later (laughs) on in the day. But we had Matt Crawford nearly (laughs) lamping Justin and now Justin and my mate Mintz practically dueling on the clay pigeon range and Mintz doesn't even fancy her. Over at Honeysuckle Cottage, Adam and Ian were surprised to discover that no one had been to pick the baby up yet, so they were making the best of it. Are you going to Mm. give me a little burp then? said Ian. No, I don't feel like it, said Adam. Meanwhile, at Ambridge Hall, the vessel was being consoled by Roy as never one to let grass grow under his trainers. He'd hot-footed it over there as soon as he found out Lexi had a vacancy, so to speak. Uh, The vessel wasn't making much sense, but then immediately postpartum, mothers rarely do, especially when they've been put in the boot of a Mercedes and driven home at high speed by Jenny Darling, who had one hand on the wheel and the other photoshopping Lexi out of all the pictures with little Alexandra Armstrong. (sighs) (laughs) i'd forgotten rex was doing pigs he is though you know pigs taxi driving and rewilding you can't say young people in ambridge don't have portfolio careers so instead of hearing seasonal goose noises we are now hearing the snuffles of basil the impotent boar who's suffering a midlife crisis and a bad back Rex is adopting David's tactic and watching poor Basil's every movement in the hope that some of it will turn out to be piggy porking. So much so he actually filmed (laughs) poor Basil in the bath, (laughs) eating hobnobs and crying. Rex then sent the film to Neil. God, it's a bloody porn ring. And things were still not happy over at Brooker's. While David is tiddling about the farm, fretting about a leather jacket, he doesn't seem to have noticed that the relationship between his daughter and wife has completely fallen apart. They keep ricocheting between spitting passive aggression and the sort of faux forgiveness, which seems to mean... It's all right, pet, until you do something else that reminds me of what you did before and then I'll start being furious again. Pip does have all the ability of Boris Johnson in reading the temperature of the room, though. And every time Ruth has gone back to a low simmer, turns the gas up again by saying, oh, I do love rewilding, mum. It's so much better than your scheme. And then watching with astonishment as the top of Ruth's head goes flying off. Just like Jennifer, Ruth, what Pip is doing is new and possibly not what you envisage the future being, but tough love. You had your go. Now give her a bit of support and keep your trap shut or she'll be off. And you'll be left with David, his toy farm, and Leonard making cakes out of squirrel shit. And you'll never see <laughs> Pip or Toby. Oh, hang on. There's always an upside, isn't there? The end. <laughs> well done you you
3: actually put some gags in it this week well done because uh the I consensus I I would, was yeah. between me myself and i that last week was a little bit flat so well done for the jokes in it this week
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, what was don't all that? the afflicted i listened to half of it <coughs> with my head under the duvet so i think i missed massive mm. chunks anyway no doubt mm. i will realize what well, i haven't put in later on me too what was all you, that, know what?
3: What? you know well, I was going to say, well, what was all that nonsense with Jill and the flower and Produce show? But just just mm. just hold on that for a moment. You know what I'm realising is quite often I miss half of the first scene because...
2: Yeah, you I get, sometimes the, do the, as well. This
3: is BBC Sounds. So you just hit 30 seconds forward. All right. Yeah. So... And, and then, invariably, it's halfway through a scene. And then when I go back and have a look at, uh, like, the BBC's recaps and stuff, like, to pull notes from, I'm like, mm. "Hey, What? Hey, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's only taken <laughs> me a year to realise. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's taken me a year to realise. I'm, I'm skipping 30 seconds forward, which generally gets through the theme tune. And this is BBC yeah. Sounds. And a bit of, hello, it, you too? Yes. It, exactly. Exactly that. That's what oh. I'm missing. But anyway, right, Jill. So you're in good company with uh, with, with missing bits. Is, is was the whole okay. point of that? That uh, you know, meandering. it was one of those
2: weeks where you could quite cheerfully miss bits. Though I think, well, come on, we've had, a, we've not, had not a, a great new, deal of subtlety. We've had a new on
3: character come into the fore. It's been a, a momentous week.
2: Yeah, but he won't say anything apart from yeah, and for another six years, will he? And then and then he'll start speaking with I don't know what accent they'll give him. Welsh, probably. We haven't had, got anybody Welsh. <laughs> I know we yeah, have. We've got a um, thingy bob. Natasha, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I want to know about the Flower and Produce mm. show yes. is Jill is 146 years old, yes? No. Who judged it before? Because she is a shoo-in to judge it. If she wasn't judging it, and it's taken them this long to get her to judge it, who the flaming Nora was judging all these classes before?
3: You know what, Lucy? That is a most excellent point of which I don't have an answer for. Frida Fry. Frida Fry. I don't... don't... Frida Fry was judging it.
2: No, because she was... That's why it's the Frida Fry Cup, because she won everything all the time.
3: I was joking. Uh, oh. Right. Um, I told you it was only one and three-quarter jokes that I give per episode. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, Luce. I, I have absolutely no idea.
2: Uh, but you know, I did like I did like the the, the reverence with which she approached the task, and her, uh, you know. Uh, because Mm. in her world that's huge isn't it being lost yeah but for me the whole whole thing was overplayed it was was was
3: overplayed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was just it was just it was just a little bit too much yes jill be a little bit you know uh nervy about the fact that your scrap cake recipe was in but you know was in the show but like come on it just went on way too much and and i'm a big jill fan you know i'm like give me give me more jill But that was that was too much, Jill. And I and I did
2: like Pig. I tell you what, I really hope that you know. um, I don't. If I I could have, if sorry, if I could have (laughs) the same comic timing as as Mm. Piggy, the actress that plays Piggy, when I'm her age, my god, I mean when she was doing that. Uh, their business with Jill when she's trying to sort of when Jill's going, oh, they look awful, don't they? Yes, Ooh, do, do, do. Love to, they win. They just look uncooked and everything. And she says, "You do seem a bit overwrought, dear," and all this. I don't know. I just thought it was. <laughs> I just thought her, it no. was overdone, but I just thought her performance was no. was ace. Well, um, she's always perfect. Uh, yes, I thought that was absolute cobblers. And Jen- Jennifer, I mean, mm, she's just gone mad. She's absolutely batshit yeah she has. <clears throat> because it's she's so and it's just kind of revealed her her total insecurity, her mm. total lack of ability to trust anybody mm. um Well to, you know
3: I don't want to be fair to Jennifer because she was utterly horrible. The only thing I can say mm. in in her defense is that this is a somewhat unusual relationship circumstance yeah. you don't encounter it every day and i we know that lexi is a good one and she's going to give the baby up yeah we know that right but yeah she wouldn't be the first surrogate mother to go you know what i can't do this she wouldn't be the first
2: yeah no
3: and again just to repeat the point not defending jennifer because she's a proper cow this is an unusual social circumstance of which the rules are haven't really been written in terms of how you react and respond hence everybody's going oh mm, bloody hell who, who's the dad and who's this and who's that and whatever blah 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 mm. in 20 years time this this thing will be sufficiently normal enough that everybody just shrug their shoulders and go well so what you know so yeah, i yeah. have a, a modicum of understanding purely just a modicum of understanding as well, to I understand why understand
2: it but She's just being aggressive and unpleasant. She's not saying. The only person she said that she's worried uh, to is Brian. But then she's just sort of gone steaming in and said, uh, not just I am worried, but um, uh, but kind of um, I'm worried. I'm, and uh, those boys don't realize what they're doing. And I've got to rush in and save them. You know, this kind of uh really i don't know just overly aggressive uh yeah she's she's totally on the attack because she feels vulnerable and it's just really unpleasant really really horrible to listen to i hate mm-hmm.
3: it well there's a certain amount of well we we mentioned class way too much uh, when we analyze the archers but she oh, really oops. does <laughs> we do listen we do We do. That's that's all it's
2: about, Class. It's not about anything else. Bugger farming. (laughs) Uh, It's not about
3: farming at all? Is it not about relationships through the generations as well? Is it not about handing on land? Is it not about custodianship? Classy,
2: classy, 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 classy. classy.
3: (laughs) Right, smashing. But for me, class is written all the way through Jennifer's uh, behaviour towards Lexi. She sees her as some unto doesn't she that she's not you know she's not worthy mm. and you know and she's a bit shifty etc etc you know so it, it's all it's all rather horrible but it's made for good drama and it's turned jennifer into this week's pantomime villain so i think it's been great writing mm. um and as i said for the reasons which i gave before you not to excuse her but it, it is an unusual Circumstance. In effect, there are three parents and she's just trying to protect her son in the way that she sees fit. And it's all wrapped up in a big ball of, um, I use posh, you are not, you are foreign, get back to your foreign country, um, I don't trust you. You know, with a big bow on it. So, yeah. But I, I thought, great, great writing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I'm slightly worried, though. Because three times a year, Lucy, you do dum dum with a dicky chest. You really do.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Mm. Because
2: I'm worried. How about what? You, your nana. Oh, oh no, no, no. Uh, this is the first one of these I've had this year, and it's October. It's not,
3: you know. It's not, you know. There was a dum dum this year that I was... Um, editing and I, and I edited out as many of your coughs as possible and people were sending in um remedies for you. Do you not remember? Around right about oh, April time. Oh,
2: yes, I do. Oh yeah. Okay, so it's the second time then. There we go.
3: And then it went on for about 3 weeks.
2: It's just my entire my entire family is just riddled with on both sides riddled riddled with, with um if we were Russian we'd be called the Chestikovs. <laughs> 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 so yes, um <laughs> Chestikov. So, yeah. It's just it's just a thing that I get, and it's really annoying. But there we are.
3: Mm. Right. Lots of other
2: people get headaches all the time, and I never get headaches, so that's all right. Mm. Uh, shall we
3: uh, crack on w- with with the calls because we a- we actually have some this week, which was a pleasant surprise after last week. Yes, and, uh, and I've, right.
2: I have a message for you from Keith Bozesto who said. He says it's an old Cornish surname, by the way. I probably pronounced it wrong, so I apologise, Keith, in advance. Um, so wait a minute, we do emails. Words of... Wait a minute. We do emails before we even do the Because calls, it's not right? about the show. It's about you.
3: Me personally. Or well, it's about opera.
2: Yes. Well, it's, no, it's about, about the show
3: then. Really?
2: Is it not about opera? Listen. Mm. If you stop talking, you can find out. Honestly, <laughs> this is what I have to say to the children. <sighs> Just a few words of support for Royfield. We Yay. love your comments on life and agree that today's senior citizens get out doing things that our parents would not think of doing. We still climb mountains and go canoeing at 74, but at a much slower pace than previously. I bet you're still faster than me. I am almost a fellow Brummy, brought up in Walsall, just down the road of the Black Country, and knew Birmingham like the back of my hand when I worked in Electric Avenue, but now have difficulty finding my way around. We love your podcast. Keep up the good work. Keith, see? It's nice. Oh, thank I thought you'd thank like you that, that after all your criticism last week.
4: Hmm.
2: Um, well,
3: Keith actually heard and digested what I had to say. Denise Tomlinson <laughs> did not.
2: <laughs> I, don't I, I, like her her.
3: I don't know why I like her. <laughs> I don't know why I like her. I've that a sauce
2: Why she likes you? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Denise Tomlinson from Twitter, catching up with dum dum and Royfield commenting on people over 60, approaching my 64th birthday in a few weeks. And I'm giving Royfield one of my looks. Right. Now, that had 21 bloody likes. Right. So there's a whole load of other people, unlike my good friend from (laughs) Warsaw, that obviously just heard the first bit of what I said and went, oh, umbrage. you know, we hum- hate him.
2: Hit him with sticks. Yes. Yeah. You know, They're too
3: busy <laughs> harumphing. But I was going on to say, isn't it wonderful that all you know, the the older members of society are much more active than they were a generation or two ago? Anyway, Dusty and then Andrew Horn, Wade Ben <laughs> Johnson, all the other bleeders and whatever. I love you dearly. You and, can't uh, call thank them you.
2: bleeders. That's rude. I can.
3: I can. Uh, that's rather right. polite. And, of course, then Witherspoon, Michelle. And there's a, there's a rather funny thread uh, which then developed from there, which had nothing much to do with me. But anyway, and then Cosmo. And then all the other <laughs> people that then joined in. But anyway, let's have a little bit of this, Lucy, because otherwise this show is going to go on forever.
4: Hello, Average 3962.
3: Right, now, this call is, I think, somewhat slightly out of sequence because he didn't quite send it before we recorded last week, but it's our Tony Cox.
1: Hello
5: there, it's Tony. I call him now and again. I just want to say what a nice week it was on the Archer. Bit of this, bit of that, and a lot of reported incidents, i.e. two characters saying what other characters had done off the mic. Must save a lot of money. Also, I've done a correlation between Kerry Davis and his writing because he always has recipes on his stuff. And it's interesting because he's just done a book on recipes in the Archers. Anyway, I think you're doing a lovely job. And, uh, well, I look forward to next week. Bye for now.
3: Oh, thank you, Tony. Bye. Did I tell you I went to school with the Tony Cox? Did you? It, it was really Maybe good at football. No, no, it's not him. <clears throat> Really good at football. It uh, was a tricky winger. He had a bowl cut, a blonde, he's blonde haired and he had a bowl cut and he was super fast. And his mum was the dinner lady at school, Tony Cox, at Green Home School, ah. circa 1974 to 1980. Good chap was our Tony. Good chap. Right. Uh, there's Tony Cox. And now it's a little bit of our Claire. She's bonkers, this woman, by the way. I'll tell you why after.
6: Hi Dumpty Dum. it's Claire from Clapham here. I'm really looking forward to uh, the 9th of November. I have my bunting ready and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting all the other caller winners as well, which would be great. I wanted to say something this week about Jennifer, who, let's all agree, was awful, just dreadful. Yeah. But um, I think one of the joys of the archers is how because it's such long-form medium that we understand people over a long period of time, and I guess, you know, I'm still comparatively newcomer to the arches. I've only been listening, like you know, eighteen years or something, which is, you know, nothing.
2: <laughs> <But>
6: the
3: Jennifer <laughs> <laughs> is.
6: She was clearly bright and clever and promising, but she never really realised a lot of those sort of ambitions, hence you see why she's so excited Mm -hmm. about Phoebe going to Oxford and so on. And she has transferred all of that into her children because she started comparatively young, one assumes, and all of her Kind of focus has been about building her life around her children, and so I think there 's a part of her who just cannot comprehend Lexi giving up a baby, and that 's one of the reasons why she 's so nervous. She has invested her whole sense of purpose in children and grandchildren, and I think that 's what 's playing on her mind, and I understand why. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, it's no excuse to be so awful, frankly, but there you go. Plus, I was really pleased to see that Roy is just being a good support to Lexi. like to see them get back together. So keep up the good work mm-hmm. and I'll see you soon. Bye.
3: Oh, Tara, Claire. looking forward to seeing you in Brump. She sent me a picture, Lucy. You know, this bunting, you know, mm-hmm. she's making this bunting. She's making it. Making bunting and Lord. cutting out all the letters that spell out dum-de-dum and putting them on oh. the buntings. It's blue and yellow bunting. It's, it's rather spectacular. She sent me a WhatsApp picture. She said, oh, I've just been busy with the, with the sewing machine. Been doing this. I'm like, woman, you're not right. You're not right in the wow. head. You know, she's so <laughs> lovely. What a lovely human being. Uh, it just...
4: That sounds above amazing.
3: And way beyond, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I love Aww. the fact that these traditions are now evolving out of the meetups. So remember, it was yeah. um yeah, our boy yeah. in the states that it was brought the Bunty. Yeah yeah, 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 And then people yeah. started signing yeah. it to say that they were, they'd attended a, a Dum Dum meetup, just uh, uh, utterly Aww. lovely. And then there's Claire now making bunting. It's amazing. Bunting. Yeah.
2: What have we done to deserve this, service, Lucy? I have to complete- I don't know. I really don't. It's so lovely. Hmm. Um, Claire, I completely agree with you on both points. I know, I know that it's coming from a place of fear with Jennifer, but I just can't get over how vile she is. But anyway, you're a, you're a nicer person than me. <laughs> and um, and it was Roy behaved really well. I thought. Uh, and he just intervened very gently and just sort of suggested to, to Adam and Ian that maybe they didn't need to leave Lexi alone, you know, that she would like to see them and everything. And, it, and then there was no kind of, haha, I did that or trying to capitalize on it afterwards. He just sort of got on with it and it was fine. And uh, yes, I was very, um, very approving of Roy. And I also hope they get back together again.
3: Mm, I don't. Stupid relationship made no sense.
2: um, No, because I want to explain my thoughts and feelings
3: about Roy and Lexi. Oh, sorry. I felt their relationship was somewhat shoehorned and forced last week. Just to uh, last week, last year. Sorry, just to add the tension of her then going through the surrogacy, which is another storyline which I don't believe in. She wouldn't have done it, but whatever. Um, The script writers have deigned it thus, but their relationship made little and no sense. It didn't make any sense. And this is just... Um,
2: Why didn't it?
3: Oh, it just didn't. The dynamic didn't. And... I think it you know, did, actually. You know, you never said so at the time. There is something didn't about... I? You can't remember. I can remember. You can't even remember that you had a dicky chest back in April. And you had it for three weeks, and people were sending you in cold remedies. Mm-hmm. So what can you remember? All right,
2: then. Let's anyway. not have a domestic in front of the boys and girls at home. <laughs> yes.
3: You know what? This is the reason why they pay their Patreon money. They want stuff like this, Lucy. They want the cut and thrust.
2: <laughs> bickering. A bit of bant. Podcast bance. bickering is what they It's word.
3: a bit of bants. Mm.
2: Um,
3: oh. I, I suppose there is something about Roy as a character which... For me he's just too square. And I don't get any real emotional heft depth breadth whatever the adjective is with him. I don't. I don't really understand what his character is there to do. I don't understand. And that's and maybe the faults within me.
2: So I think that kind of I -hmm. think that kind of started though when he was did the racist attack on Usher, when he was much, 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 much younger. And that's kind of like the one, you know, horrible, obviously, but interesting thing he's done. Oh, and no, he's done
3: too. He shagged Liz, uh, he, Lizzie as well, remember?
2: Elizabeth. Yeah, but he kind of got stuck there. They haven't been mm. able – they haven't sort of fleshed him out any more than that. But we don't know what – Lex. we don't haven't been told what Lex's previous um, – a partner the father of her children was like so if he was you know um very very uh you know sort of loud or boisterous or unpleasant or whatever then i suppose roy would come as uh quite soothing
3: mm. well considering that we had his pops having to leave it was a much more considered and complex character then to leave Roy behind, you know, is just we've been shortchanged. You know, the wrong Tucker left basically. Um, yeah, but he is, but he is a good guy. So, the fact that he had that empathy uh, with Lexi and he could help in that situation is kind of great. Talking about racism, and I don't want to spend too much too much time on this. Give me your thoughts and feelings on mm-hmm. Justin Trudeau, just in one minute. So I'm not going to have a, a, an opera type. Uh, ah, 15 we were minute talking about discourse. this at the
2: weekend. Uh, just well, I could do it in three words. What a dick! There you go, easy peasy. Um, to to think in this day and age that. Uh, I know everyone said, oh, he was a long, long time ago. He was very young. Da, 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 da. You know, Prince Harry thought it was OK at that age to dress up like a flipping Nazi and it didn't cross his mind. It might be a bad idea. It's, you know, there is no, there's just no excuse. It's like, what the hell were you thinking? I don't know. Just, yeah, that. What the hell were you thinking?
3: All right. That's my thoughts. If there's no. Uh, right. So then how do we treat Justin Trudeau?
2: Uh, like somebody who's doing a very good impression of somebody who can be trusted but actually can't because he doesn't think things through properly?
3: So do you not think that by the sheer weight of evidence that his conduct in the, in the preceding uh, 19 years that he is somebody who actually you can trust and that basically is a human being who made a mistake and can be forgiven for that? Or are we saying there's somebody? Yeah, yeah. He crosses... can be forgiven, but just You just said we can't trust him.
2: He can be forgiven and
3: You just said we can't no, trust him. No, we can't him, Lucy. trust that we
2: can forgive him, but it would make me Yeah, no, that's if you let me finish. Oh. Um I'm not saying we can trust him, mm. but we sorry. We can forgive him, but it makes me think twice about trusting him. Because I don't think. I think he proved then that his judgment was extremely ropey.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: well, it's one of the reasons why I slightly despair of Twitter and I slightly and there is a wider point, slightly despair
2: uh, of, the lynch mob
3: yeah, because yeah, as crimes go, um and some people won't thank me for this, but as crimes go, this is not the biggest crime in the world. It's a crime, right. And yeah. in in the real world, there are degrees of criminality. There are, right? Somebody dressing up in blackface is nothing to be lauded and is nothing to be taken lightly, but it's not the worst crime in the world. And no. we have to also put it in, in context, right? So this is where we're on another sliding scale. Somebody dressing up in blackface in 1800 uh, is one thing. Somebody doing it in 1900 is slightly another. Somebody doing it in 1980 is another. Somebody doing it in, what, was it 1999 he did it in 2000? It is another, okay? It's not as if he was doing it today. It was still bad to do it back then, but not as bad as doing it yesterday. I can remember watching the Black and White Minstrel show circa 1975, 76, hated it. And I didn't hate it because I thought it denigrated people like me I just thought it was a crap programme. I didn't understand it. <laughs> but it was on TV. It was, they were doing it was, it was the weirdest thing, the black and white minstrel show. To be showed on the BBC. Um, because the songs they were doing weren't even British songs. They were doing these Southern American songs yeah. and it was just odd. Yeah. At, at no, at back yeah. in 1975, 76, 77, when that show was on, because I remember it. Nobody said, oh, we've got to take this off because it's den- uh, denigration of black people. We're lumping, we're, we're stereotyping all black people, etc., cetera, et cetera. It, but, you know, the BBC had it on in the 1970s. So we have to be really be careful. There is a sliding scale with this. Was I shocked and surprised that Justin Trudeau was in blackface in 1999, circa 2000? Yeah. But you know what? We've all done... Absolutely stupid things. And did he just... Uh, was it just a slight slip? No. He had to black himself up, not once, not twice, but three times and stuff. Yeah, Head it must to have toe. taken Head hours. Head to toe. Head to toe. But yeah. Christ, right, I am not ideologically pure. I have done stupid things, said things which I didn't realise. were You know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was cracking on to you about you getting your baps out and... Not one, not two, but a few people said, "Royfield, that was sexist." Now, I would have thought that the fact that we have a somewhat of a knockabout relationship, that people would put that within, a, you know, put that in within that context to say that we're having a laugh. However, so there is a wider context to all of this. There is how how you kind of come at it. But I just look at this and I say, "Jesus fucking Christ!" Right? This man has mm. had more people of mm. color in his cabinet than any other Canadian mp this man is going out of his way yeah. right to be woker than woke to the point of parody i will admit right but it's like come on right we just just want to rip everybody down did he go off and murder somebody? No. He dressed up in blackface. Is it, is it a, the right and proper thing to do? Absolutely not. But it's not the worst effing crime in the world. The man has apologised, right? Was he stupid? Yes, right? But we're all bloody human beings. And I just look at this and I say, Jesus Christ, all those people who are ideologically pure bore me. They're not human beings. All those people that cast but and also, throw I stones. Think... Go on mm
2: i th- i think I, I i've the reason i'm not on Twitter very much at the moment is because it just seems to be a total echo chamber of fury and it's only getting worse and I think one of the reasons why it's getting worse is linked to what you're talking about, which is people are so are just feeling so uh impotent at the actual illegalities that are happening everywhere they're happening in the states with the government they're happening with the uk with the government there is lying and cheating and manipulation and bullying you know the harvey weinstein stuff the um you know the the kavanagh stuff that shed loads of things and we all know it's happening and it doesn't feel as if a great deal is being done to address it. Certainly not a government level, you know, Weinstein and, and and Kavanaugh maybe. But, you know, and I think people are just on a sort of a low simmer of fury the whole time. So whenever anything else happens, it just sets everybody off again. And everyone's like, someone's got to do something about something. So you just get this this sort of Twitter lynch mob where everybody's rushing around saying we did, you know let's let's you know as we were saying earlier you know hit them with sticks because it, it's just the only thing we can do because there is so much happening on such a blatant level mm-hmm. and everybody knows it's happening and no one's doing anything
3: but we have and to and i be think careful. that's where that
2: frustration is coming from and that level of frustration is what's creating this sort of this v- sort of virtuous circle of 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 hatred of of you know overreaction and you know mm. everybody has committed a heinous crime that there's there's no gray area
3: mm. we have to be careful though that we don't lump Justin Trudeau in with Donald Trump and that's what these but ideologically people. That's, the point. that's pure... what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, no, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. That's exactly what's happening.
2: because because we can't do anything about the massive things about the fact that they've got. You know, America has a president that, in my view, has some serious questions to answer and is successfully completely avoiding having to answer them. Um, you know, you know, it just feels like everybody is is on the fiddle, is a shit, is a is disingenuous, is da 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 da. da, da. So that you know, there are no one seeing there are no good guys anymore. So everyone just wants to attack everybody. That mm. that makes the slightest kind of um yeah, although that beyond that what he did was, was way beyond slight, but anyway. Mm. Yeah. I mean, in uh, the year 2000, I'm sorry, but that's incredible. No, that, listen, uh, it, uh, that there, there is
3: there is no escaping the fact that in that context, um, that time, it's bad. But there are worse crimes, though. <laughs> that's the thing. It's bad, right? Yeah. However, yeah. however, his yeah, records... Yeah, but there are
2: worse crimes, and we're seeing them happening and no one's doing anything about them.
3: Well, I think your point about impotence it is is a fair one, but Jesus Christ, you know people on the left say that they believe in giving people a second chance uh redemption, et cetera et cetera, and especially to do with uh people who have had the wrong end of the stick in the justice system, you know that people who are poorer darker etc disproportionately have longer sentences whether it's the united states whether it's the united kingdom and i'm sure this happens everywhere else in in the developed world right if you are poorer and if your skin is darker disproportionately you get a a worse sentence and stuff and we say people should be given a second chance etc etc they're extenuating reasons for the reasons why that they committed these crimes etc etc but then also We've also, got to, we've also got, got to be honest and say, "You know what, right? We're all bloody human beings, we've all done and done stupid things. Let's look at this person's character in the whole, and let's look at their record subsequently. People can atone. People can admit that they've made mistakes, and actually, we need to just bloody well accept that, you know and I just anyway, moving swiftly on. Back to dumby Dump because that was (laughs) a party political broadcast by the Royfield Party. and really, that should have been a a part of Mid-Atlantic. Oh, my goodness. This week's Mid-Atlantic, Lucy, just very quickly. Utterly wonderful. Yeah. Um, Emma uh, Burnell, uh, the uh, Labour Party activist and Guardian journo, uh, joined me on Mid-Atlantic with Karen Robinson, who's a Royfield in reverse. So she's gone from uh, America to be living in London. She is so good, so clever. Um, we looked at the Supreme Court justice um, verdict and also Trump's impending uh, impeachment. Level of detail, brilliant. And also we talked about the opera because that was just the, the theme, theme of, my, of my last week, the opera. <laughs> anyway, Tony Cox, Clefham Clapham. Ah, oh, now it's Emily back onto Dumbly Dumb Matters and the audio is a little bit choppy at the start nothing I could do about it it just is the way that it is bear with us for 20 seconds then it fixes itself
4: Hello, Dumpty Dummies. uh Emily. I phoned in a couple of times before. A couple of... I just wanted to talk about the first one, Jennifer. I actually found it really upsetting hearing her um, being involved so actively with the in the delivery part. I know she wasn't in the room, but the delivery of the baby. Because yes. you're supposed to be surrounded by calm, kind, reassuring people. And just even knowing that she was in the waiting room, I don't think I could have had her there and been able to give birth um she's so selfish such a horrible horrible side of her character and it's just really upset me and I feel really sorry for um Lexi having this lady oh yes don't like her don't like her in this bit um the other thing I wanted to talk about was the scene between Ian and Will when they met on the green with the with the baby, um, and Ian reassuring Will how wonderful or sort of saying to Will how great a job he's doing. Um, this just didn't I didn't buy this as a as a conversation. Um, have they ever had any interaction before, really? And. I just felt like it was overplayed um you know you're uh, Ian you're doing so well and Poppy's so lucky to have you it just didn't sit well and I I just didn't just a bit clunky um and a bit forced to find mm. anyone who can intervene with Will so he doesn't go back to work so maybe I'm being unkind but that was some of my thoughts there Uh, That's about it from me. Um, Thank goodness uh, Lillian wasn't going with Vince Casey in a romantic setting because I actually don't think I could have coped with another sort of love triangle (laughs) moment with her and Justin and him and yes. Um, So yeah, so that's it. Thank you so much. I love the podcast. I get so excited when it comes out. Keeps me uh, company. And I'm not going to make Dumb to Dumb Live, unfortunately, but I'm really looking forward to hearing it. And yes, bye.
3: Oh, and ended up with some funny audio.
4: Uh, so uh,
3: Lillian and Vince.
2: Yes, mince. Um I was also very relieved um, that, uh, that it was not a romantic thing. I couldn't see what she, what was the point. I mean, I think, I know she was a bit hacked off with Justin, but he just sounds so unappealing, Mince Casey. I just can't see why he <laughs> would why anybody would want to spend any time with him. I mean, I know he's rich and she does tend to sort of be, she's just attracted to money basically. Um, But uh, yeah, it, it, I'm very, very glad there's nothing romantic going on there. I did like the golfing scene very much, not the golfing scene, the shooting scene Mm. um, where he kept shouting, Paul! And then, and then Justin would, Oh, for God's sake! And get very, very uppity. That was good. Um, And is why does Eddie keep sort of Eddie talks about Mince Casey as if he's some sort of uh you know a Godfather of the Abattoir. So mm. I'm not sure whether yeah whether because you know that but we've done all that with Matt. We don't need to go back there again with Lillian and blah. um mm. uh and also yes, I thought the William bit was ridiculous and they have done what they did with i don't know why they only reserve it for the grundies seemingly you know uh ed recovered from a crack addiction in three weeks uh william has one chat with uh with uh ian on the green and all you know ian who um uh, you know he's always been a bit iffy about anywhere because he's not that keen on the gayers is he uh, uh will he got a bit uppity about um you know, when he gets funny about women being on the cricket team and everything, I can't really see him uh, being overly liberal. But, uh, you know, apparently just one chat with with Ian on the green and that was enough to make him um, give up his job and think differently about his children and review his depression and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, well mm. done, Ian, but flame in Nora. Let's not try and dust everything, <laughs> dust everything up uh, with mm. the dustpan and brush in 10 minutes. Mm. Life is not yeah. like that. And and they've done, and they've you know we know they can do long haul. They did long haul with with Helen and Rob. So so don't be afraid to do long haul when it's a bad storyline. We don't all want, uh, you know, nice easy storylines done and dusted. Whoosh when it's when it just makes it a bit ridiculous, especially when it's a storyline that really matters to a lot of people. Mm. It has a uh, has it has resonance for a lot of people.
3: Yeah. Uh, a lot of people indeed. Uh, the doyen of uh, the lefties and of liberals, James O'Brien, uh, tweeted as such, didn't he? Uh, that the Will Grundy storyline was moving. Did you see that tweet? Did he? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, because I don't go on the Twitter as much.
3: Mm. But when you do, you go on with such a plumbo, though, Lucy. You is proper Iplomb. funny.
2: Oh, uh, we've had an email from Jennifer Corley, by the way. Mm-hmm. about adam and ian she said uh because this chimes with what emily was saying jenny darling's behavior during the birth and adam and ian's was so out of order that i've decided suitable karmic punishment might include one of lexi's girls to come and visit meet rory and marry him a short trip into a slurry tank for her would also be nice uh, the whole storyline has been so bad and so badly written, it's brought me from fluffy, woolly, rainbow liberal to frothing at the mouth over two gay men taking such advantage of a woman. I'm practically a right wing anti surrogate after listening to that, and that's from someone deeply involved in the donor conception third party reproduction world. It's probably the last result it was meant to achieve. One other short note, could people please think a little before making statements like, oh, well, if they used an egg donor, Lexi's not the real mother on the Twitters. Lots of women become mothers through egg donation, and they are physically and legally the mothers. This is a sensitive Mm -hmm. storyline for many people, so go easy, lads. There are now two donor-conceived children in Ambridge. High time a scriptwriter contacted the Donor Conception Network for some advice on their stories. Um. It, there was a little bit of that actually when uh, Lexi was saying to Ian, she was talking about uh, you know uh, extreme baby babysitting. which is talking about surrogates being describing themselves mm-hmm. as extreme babysitters, and uh, Lexi was saying, "Well, if I had enough time, I would educate everybody about the um, uh, the role of this midwife, the role of the surrogates. People very, it's very the people get it very wrong." And I thought, "Ah, I wonder if we're now going to have a small." Uh, you know, a small public information <laughs> briefing from uh, the surrogate uh, alliance or whatever it is. Um, so yes, she did sort of think about that, but I think it's it is creating some interesting questions for people. You know, yeah. making you think about: well, what is a parent? What is? At what point does Lexi is is at what point is she is she always the mother? Do they t- you know? Da, da, da. I'm. Um, I'm uh, going to spend some time with some friends later on. So I will be missing two dumpty-dums, I'm sorry, um, later on this month. Uh, And they live in LA. And uh, they are um, a gay couple with a little girl. And um, it's very, uh, there's sort of, it's raised a lot of, you know, I've been thinking about them, listening to this storyline, I've been thinking about them and how it sort of worked out for them and everything. And uh, yes, it's been very interesting for those of us that sort of, don't know anything about it, I think.
3: Mm. I have um a very good friend of mine. She's just had on Valentine's Day actually, she gave birth to to a baby and the egg was oh. donated. Egg was donated. And because we are close, it's really it's really been interesting for me to view um, her journey into motherhood and the irony is for her that she's a professional midwife and is now I'm going to get this slightly wrong I'm, I'm going to call her a professor of midwifery but she's she's done her MA and a whatever and blah 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 so she's not delivering babies anymore but for years she was delivering babies and couldn't conceive and did you know? And it was didn't realize that you know that she had 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 a problem. there she was delivering hundreds, thousands of babies, type of thing. Anyway, the need to the need the want to have have a child and to hold that child within you for for nine months with with for her was just so strong. She didn't just want to adopt mm. and. It's And one of the conundrums now is, and I can say this because she doesn't listen to Dumpty Dum. Her mum is a big Archers fan, but her mum couldn't understand Dumpty Dum. She says, but it's not the Archers, though, when she listened to it <laughs> once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: Good point, Mrs. It isn't. You're right, but anyway, carry on.
3: I think she thought it was going to be like Ambridge Extra or something. Anyway.
2: Ah, yes.
3: The need and the want to be a parent whether it is to to have the child grow within you or just to be a father it's just kind of so overwhelming that I think as as parents as adults we kind of we kind of get it again to give Jennifer Aldridge her slight 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 due is that I think we don't quite put enough store by grand by parents trying to look after their offspring as they become new parents and the role of grandparents and some grandparents are much more hands-on and emotionally involved than others others it's almost like an abstract thing and and obviously for jennifer kind, kind of it isn't so i'm not excusing her behavior at all in last week's uh archers but wanting to protect her own biologically her own member of her family the newborn child her son um is kind of understandable if we view if we understand that being a parent wanting to give life wanting to nurture isn't necessarily something you do with your head it's something that you do from gut biological instinct mm. and from uh, very much an emotional perspective and as I say and, it, and it's just so so interesting to see somebody who I care for a lot go through the tribulations to become a mother and she is very touchy about certain things she loves it when people say she looks like her because she deliberately chose from the characteristics obviously she didn't see the picture well there's no obvious about it but she didn't see the picture of the egg donor but um it's somebody with dark hair olive skin etc yeah. a brown eyes. so she loves it when people say oh she looks just like you because most people don't know that she was a, yeah. a donated yeah. egg. you know so yeah it's it's all it's it's all a, it's, it's all a, a tricky and um, a very fraught and um, emotionally confusing. Well,
2: it's a whole new world we're all going to have to get used to, aren't we?
3: Mm-hmm. True that, Misses, including right. Jennifer. Well, yeah, indeed. Uh, so Claire from Clapham, Emily with a funny bit of audio. Oh,
2: you know, everyone's been giving it to me in the neck. Sorry, I'm going to start sneezing in a minute. Yes. All right. uh, everyone's always giving it to you in the deck
3: yeah exactly uh, here's Paul room to pile on uh, but then um, he does <laughs> a 180
7: uh, hello you two I'm uh, calling in just to have a pop at whipping boy Royfield who uh, said that <laughs> I only called in the other day because I heard my voice on the compilation episode he did, uh, and that's perfectly true, actually. He called me out there (laughs) because, yes, I heard that and thought, who's that idiot? I can do better than that realised it was me. Anyway, yeah, I just wanted to ask questions (laughs) before you've both read the 400-page documents that came with the Ambridge Conservation Trust proposals. I just don't understand the finances behind it, as in do the winners... Make any money out of it because how does it work? There's this 500,000, everyone's eyes seem to light up. Pip now is going to send Rosie to a nursery, which is going to cost money so she can work more on the trust. But do they actually make an income from it, or is the 500,000 just to plant trees and do the rewilding or whatever? Because otherwise, everyone seems to be very uh, philanthropic if they're just working for free very hard it seems and it's going to take a, a lot of effort mm. or can they claim an income from it i just do not understand that i would be extremely grateful if you could explain that uh to me thank you very much bye mm.
2: paul it is so unlikely that we would be able to explain that to you
3: <laughs> but i think we can surmise thus um peggy is uh, a businesswoman, at least, was a businesswoman, and the um, half a million quid is for you to set up your scheme, uh, scheme as opposed to necessarily business. But she is presuming that um, schemes will then uh, potentially turn a profit. So that's the way that I understood it, though. Um, Eddie did think you were given a million quid as some kind of prize, so to speak. So there was some kind of ambiguity, confusion at the start, but you have a half a million quid to set up your scheme is the way that that I see it. And I don't know how you make money at a rewilding, uh, but then again, I'm not a farmer. I know nothing about the land. Uh, So so that's that, but I believe uh, you can.
2: Well, I don't believe you can, but I I think Cosmo uh, wrote something about uh, this ludicrous uh, scheme and how the money aspect works. So no doubt he will hear this and roll his eyes and come to the rescue again and tell us.
3: (laughs) Well done, Cosmo. Uh, And well done for your start of the season, Mr Room, and uh, Derby County beat Birmingham City 3-2 at the weekend. We were 2 0 down, Lucy. Came back to 2 2, and they come and beat us 3 uh, 2 just before full time.
5: <sighs> oh. Now is Andrew Horn. Greetings Earthlings, it's Andrew Horn here. I'm ringing, uh, as uh, some people predicted, about the opera <sighs> comments last week. Uh-oh. Lucy, um, this time it's you that's in the wrong, not Royfield. Field, uh, in that uh, Covent Garden Opera House does have <laughs> sir titles um, for everything, oh. uh, and E&O even though they sing in language at the Coliseum, also has surtitles for most productions. Um, and I like it oh. this way, even for English. Uh, dress code. Uh, Royfield, when you come to the opera with me, uh, you're welcoming your jeans, which is what I usually wear. Um, there is no, no fuss. People can dress up, but it's a very welcoming, inclusive audience at the opera. Uh, and the water is free at uh, both Coliseum and uh, Covent Garden. On the bar, you can go and help yourself to free water, so no $10 a bottle. Um, yes, I think the uh, acting used to be very poor, and I think you probably suffered from having a, um, a stand-in. Um, generally these mm-hmm. days, opera singers are actors as well, uh, and they do look the part, um, so that has been addressed Uh, by and large I think you were unlucky and Guno's Romeo and Juliet as a first opera wow that was a bit of a stretch Um, let me recommend you some other (laughs) things Um, uh, um, or when you're coming to London we'll see if we can find something to go and see together Uh, opera is as cheap as uh, going to a football match Um, or cheaper than most pop concerts I've been to. So can we please stop making it out that opera is elitist? Because really, it isn't. That's all I'm going to say. Speak to you soon and see you all in Birmingham. Bye. Bye. He knows
3: his stuff, doesn't he?
2: told you and me, he does.
3: Well, I think it more told you than me. Yes. I'm just saying that because I need some of the heat lifted from me. (laughs) 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 Um I can I, I was chatting to um to a listener yesterday and um, just having a little text chat um with we DMing on, on the on the Flick app and they were just saying it this is just a wonderful place full of nice people. Thank you. And for me, Andrew Horn kind of just exemplifies that that it didn't come on, you know, shouting the odds fuck off, opera's yes. fucking awesome. Wow. And cal- very calmly, well, rationally, went through the That would be a slightly incongruous
2: points. if he had done, but anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it wouldn't be very horn-like, and it wouldn't be very dum dumb listener like
2: They don't generally <laughs> start by going, fuck <laughs> off.
3: <laughs> well, however, however, you know, slightly posh people, you know, take umbrage. You know, he didn't, you know, and... no. And it's just, we just have such a lovely community of listeners who, for the the most part, you know, are quite reasoned. Apart from when it comes to anything that I've said, then all of a sudden, you know, bricks get thrown. (laughs) But uh, but like, Andrew, nothing would give me greater pleasure uh, than to join you at the opera um, in November or December. When I'm back in the UK uh, for a month or so, uh, suffice to say though, um, I do want to dress up to go go to the opera because I like dressing up. So um, that, well, that was good. The... Uh, why not? I've got the knees for it. Why not? <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah.
3: So um, you tell me, sir. Back end of November, what's on and uh, what will be good. And I'll give it another go. Um as I did say earlier on in the show, also, I did talk yeah, go on.
2: Go on. No, I was gonna say if any if any listeners are in LA and would like to meet up uh the week beginning October the twelfth, uh then hit me up on the Twitters and if anybody is in Jersey the week after, then Jersey again Bloody hell. give me a, a message. Bloody yes. Hell. Oh, all right, mm-hmm. then
3: if if we can do that then I'm well, guessing about, you know. I am going to be in Boston well, next well, weekend. Anybody yes, wants yes, to hit well. me up in Ooh. Boston? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they might just want to hit you in Boston. That's different. Yeah, item.
3: that, yeah, and uh, yeah, more likely to be the case. Uh, right, so that's Andrew Horn. That's opera. Uh, it's not elitist, and um, and it's a, it's a thing for the people uh we got i don't suppose we've got any emails left have we lucy because you uh, you went you led in with emails
2: i did i did i'm sorry i've I've upset the natural order of things so yes we mm-hmm. don't have any now
3: great all right then so why don't we do this let's pay some bills by having an ad break if you're in a bit of the world uh where english is at uh english is like the the, the lingua fanka then you probably hear an ad and if you aren't you won't
8: Good day, everyone. Well, before we knew the name of the baby, I invited everyone to suggest who might be the most annoying and self-centred character of the week. Now, in my head, that was so clearly Jennifer, and that was just as she was gearing up to get worse. Um, And guess what? Only two people agreed with me. So thank you to uh, Vic and Joanna Boyd. (laughs) Uh, for uh, that and Judith Lawrence, and I was so surprised. But you found a whole heap of other characters who were just as annoying, so I take it back. Uh, we also put up a link to show uh, uh, The Archer's Year of Food and Farming by Kerry Davies. That looks like a great book. So if anybody wants to buy me a Christmas present, just let me know because I'm. Pretty sure it's not going to be available in Australia. Um, and uh, although no, now I think of it, I'm going to Scotland for Christmas so maybe I will be able to get it. But for those of you who'd like to buy an early... Christmas present. Mm-hmm. There you have it. It must be in all good bookshops now. Uh, we also talked about that uh, testosterone laden episode uh, where Vince and Justin were uh, really kind of, I don't know, chesting it out. Uh, we wondered who had the most testosterone because it clearly wasn't going to be the bore. And uh, Jan A. Mitchell said, I hope <laughs> Lillian which wins this argument and Justin should be ashamed of himself. As for Vince, scary. I never thought, uh, Mike McNamara said, I never thought I'd use the phrase low rent Matt Crawford, but Vince inspired <laughs> it. John Kelston Merritt loved hearing Vince niggling just in two um, extremely nasty individuals, and he well upset Lillian, not a good idea. Uh, John O'Crow said, will Justin decide to keep the property as an avatar just to compete with Vince? Oh, what an interesting thought. And Leslie Greaves uh, said what I wanted to say, which is, there is no reason on earth why Justin wouldn't just tell David his plans. It is silly. Um, I agree with that. It doesn't make any sense, does it? It uh, was driving me crazy this week, to be honest. Uh, And we then, of course, had to discuss the name Alexander. Did we like it? And also we asked, is Jenny right to be concerned? Marion Barton said, lovely name. And I was just thinking that would be a good one. Rather than making it even harder for Lexi, I think the name will have made it easier. By naming him after her, Adam and Ian have demonstrated their commitment to involving her um, as a close friend of the family always and shown her how much they appreciate her. If they did, as Jennifer seems to be suggesting, and isolated her, then Lexi would be on track for a breakdown, especially as the post-labour hormones are kicking in now and she'll be feeling incredibly vulnerable. Once the paperwork is in order, hopefully Jenny will calm down, preferably before she does something unforgivable to the woman who gave her a grandchild. Beautifully said, Marion. Uh Alex Lucas said, personally I don't really like the name, never have done. It's too long with too many diminutives. My parents pronounce it Alex but spell it Alex after my Scottish great uncle. Everyone else says it with an X as it's spelt. When I lived in Edinburgh, people would get the XC thing right and also call me Sandy or Egg. Some people call me Al. The current Mrs. L calls me Alexander when I'm in deep doo-doo. And this Xander business is a load of pretentious bollocks. I don't get to say that word very often in Australia, so thank you very much for that, Alex Luca. And Zoe Picton said, I was very moved by it. As some Dumpty Dummers will know, my beautiful little boy died from sepsis. His name was Adam, and his second name was Alexander. He enjoyed the archer, so Adam having a son called Alexander in real life is sort of magical to me. Oh, that's so lovely, Zoe. Thank you for sharing that. And I will leave Pip Duvall to finish off. She says, it's a nice touch and a tribute to Lexi. I think Jennifer isn't wrong to worry, but she's going over the top as she often does. Alexander was my boy's name choice, but my firstborn was a girl. And due to a lack of imagination, she became Alexandra or Lexi for short. Excellent. So we had another great week on Facebook. Uh, We now have 2,475 people who are um, on that page who could uh, discuss uh, any of those topics with us. So another 25. And we're shooting up by about 5 to 10 a week, so it won't be long. Um, So that's us for this week. I will leave you in the capable hands of Yokel Bear for next week. And... uh, with a spoon. If you are listening, I hope you are still enjoying your Italian holiday. Love seeing all the photographs. I've really enjoyed it, so keep those coming. And I hope you are having a great break. So, until I speak to you again in a fortnight,
3: hooroo. Oh, uh, do you want to know some breaking news, Lucy? Yes. All right, two lots what? of breaking news next week yes. and the week afterwards. Dum Dee dum will be uh, hosted by uh, Rob Art and uh, Angela Barnes. The dynamic duo ride again. Uh, they've emailed it's me. It's not since next we've been week, recording. is it? Oh,
2: it's not next week.
3: All right then. Two it, weeks it's hence, the twelfth, and the when, whenever you said, yeah. whenever you said, yes, right, you are right. Yes, All right, So, uh, so that's that. Uh, thank you for uh, correcting thank me, you, chaps. Right.
2: You're very kind. And
3: and Julia Herbie has just bought a mm. ticket for dinner at the Picture and Piano. Uh, for uh, the weekend of uh of Dumb uh, we've had tickets bought for Birmingham Live. Uh, it was really the point of that. Before I went down a rabbit hole, I thought out loud, folks, and suffice to say, you go, "What the hell is he talking about?" Because he didn't think out loud, because I would have edited it. But I leave that bit in just so you realize there are bits which you didn't hear. Uh, so Birmingham, uh, Birmingham, <laughs> Dumb Yeah, I'm talking, Lucy. You can, you can gigger. Yeah, giga. hello. Yeah. <laughs> you can giggle, <laughs> you can twitter. Um You got to buy your tickets, folks, um, for Birmingham Live, uh Dum Dum. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna have an award ceremony. Have you come up with any uh questions, Lucy? No, I'm sorry, you. it's on my
2: list when I'm no. When I'm questions. Probably, probably um when I say questions I meant um,
3: awards awards but yes categories. our lucy has yes, been poorly yes, sick yes, yes, so we, she has somewhat yes. of an excuse uh but there are going to be uh awards handed out uh to uh the great and the good to do with the thing that we love most of all the archers and there's going to be a couple of award categories for you the listeners as well so come in your best bib and tucker which means a dum-de-dum attire if you have it uh dinner jacket, uh, party dress, cocktail dress, and then Wellington boots for the award ceremony. And then um, we'll all then go afterwards and have dinner at the pitch and piano and we'll end up drinking scruff gin down at the gin vaults. Now, it's only a miserly, fantastically priced £12 to get into Birmingham Town Hall on Saturday, uh, November the 9th. And um, much fun and hilarity will ensue because Lucy will be on form. Angela Barnes the funny woman from the news quiz and all other things on radio for uh, will be there and so will Susie Rids, our Susie Rudell, who plays our Tracy Horribin, who's definitely the character of the moment. She will be on stage uh, with us as well. So it's only 12 quid. Go buy your tickets Uh, it's lovely to see that you are buying tickets for it but buy more buy more tell your friends and if your <laughs> friends don't even like the archers spoon feed them dollop to the archers between them- now and then exactly sit them down in front of a radio turn it up to to 11 so they can fully enjoy everything that um ambridge has to offer and they will love it you'll make them love it and then buy them a ticket get them to come along uh tweets Oh, it's always not tweets it's those mirror headlines go for it lucy
2: This one is from, um, uh, Claire Asprey, uh, who found it in the Birmingham Mail. have a we Dad's had fury after on this, this has...
3: episode?
2: Don't you think? Clearly not.
0: But, <laughs> no.
2: From the Birmingham Mail. Dad's uh-huh. Fury after Builder has poo on roof.
0: Ooh.
2: Yes. Ooh. Uh, he was fixing the roof and he stopped and had a poo. Um... But how do you know he pooed uh, on bah, the roof? Because well, someone took not... a photo of him doing it. Then apparently he dropped oh. it down the chimney.
3: This gets yeah. worse and worse.
2: <laughs> just I know, I just... thought that bit was a bit upsetting, so I dropped it out. Tweets of the week. Madding crowd. Mm. I think Jenny Darling's ridiculous behaviour is post-traumatic stress disorder from losing the albion kitchen finally manifesting there is no other explanation i know it does seem slightly out of character uh julian smith while jennifer's at the hospital she could ask the midwife to cut adam's umbilical cord yes (laughs) Uh, miranda (laughs) just a reminder that tom is 38 is he still on holiday or has border control refused them entry this is very true they've been on that sodding sodding holiday to cuba forever um john porter pine a pint In Justin's defence, converting an abattoir could make sense. I've worked in many offices where by 4.45pm I've been praying for the sweet release of death. (laughs) And um, finally is Hinge Zandal at the christening. Alan, sorry about the mix-up. Everyone kept saying it, so I thought, fuck off, Jennifer was the baby's name.
3: (laughs) That was very good, sir. Very good. Very good. Very good indeed.
2: And also, as everybody on the Twitters pointed out, when when the Archers website, uh, when the Archers Twitter feed released a publicity shot of Adam and Ian with little Xander Macy Craig, that child was at least five months old. <laughs> it's huge. They said no wonder Lexi was making so much noise. <laughs> she gave birth to a toddler. It's enormous. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <coughs> folks. i'm fading fast Roy. fading you fast.
3: are i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap up i'm gonna wrap up <sighs> at double quick speed folks <coughs> you can hear that our lucy um it is struggling so um let's just do this com. it's got uh, our shop and other things on there and um you should go there to uh go through the back catalogue of shows. You can leave comments on the shows and slowly but surely you are, uh, which is wonderful. So why don't you why don't you go uh onto dumdy com? go do that, and uh, then hit shop and then peruse our wares on the shop. In the shop even. Um now this whole thing, the whole thing being DumDum, the universe of DumDum is made available. Uh, by your kind donations that you leave us on, on patreon.com. Um, so if you'd like to become one of the merry band of dum-de-dum ultras uh, that uh, support the show, why don't you go on to patreon.com. It's $2 per show, and what you get um, is extra content, which is Lucy and I um, interviewing the actors on the show. We don't do it every month. I think on average probably do it every other month. You get about um, four or five said actor interviews um a year so it's well worth it and that content is exclusive only to Dumby dum patreons um we do have the flick app um in the show notes of this show if you click on if you go and look up them there is a a link so you can download an app where there's a community of Dumby dumbers who chat away and talk about uh forthcoming plot lines and uh, what they've had for dinner where they are in the world and other random bits <laughs> of, of trivia that only dumby dum listeners uh, yeah that's true yeah it all it all kicked off on there too oh i nearly flounced off lucy i tell you i, I don't need this <laughs> at all <laughs> Nearly <laughs> right. flicked off I did. I nearly flicked off the Flick app, but but it, but it is a, a lovely place. And I've made one or two uh, new uh, friends on, on the Flick app. It's really nice to be able to uh, to chat to people and, and to DM on that. Um, is it as caustic as, as Twitter? No, uh, but it's warm and cuddly. It's like um, just like taking your shoes off at the, at the end of the day and just like being in front of the fire. That Flick app is absolutely lovely. Uh,
2: Is there anything in Uh, red? Yes, there was, and I was just about to do it. To get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or you can call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message.
3: Now, we talked about the Flick app, and we talked about com. Now we should talk about Twitter which is the spiritual home of this podcast. It's where Lucy and I's eyes met uh, over a tweet. And we went, "I, aye, I, I think <laughs> I like you. And and uh, the feeling was mutual. And then we hooked up at, um, God, where did we go? We went to um, oh, Crumbs, that place down at the we South to the Bank, South didn't Bank, we? The Royal Festival yes. Hall, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then you looked me up and down rather quizzically. And I thought, cheeky bit, looking at me. Yeah, you did. I thought you thought I was going to be taller, more imposing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I remember I walked off Golly. to go get you a cup of tea and I looked over my shoulder and you were still looking at me. And you were the crushing disappointment. Uh, was just writ large on your face, Lucy. But still, we had that Life. cup of tea, we had a chat, and then a week later, we recorded the first Dumby Dump, and the rest has been podcasting history. So, Twitter, go there. Uh, at Dumby Dump is our handle, uh, but you won't really find Lucy or I there. It's really it's Yokel Bear masquerading as uh, Lucy and I, and doing a very good job. And it doing actually, a much does a better, better job. Better of it job. Than we would. Yes, he does a much better <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, totally. Very funny yep. and on point. Yep. And Uh, during the Omnibus, uh, that man comes into his own. So well done, Mr. Bear, uh, for being you. And (laughs) Mr. Bear will be coming to deliver his social media roundup live uh, to dum dum Live
1: Ah! in
3: Brum. Yes, he will be coming up. And he's got a special star turn, he said. He sent me a rather ominous tweet saying, uh, or DM, sorry, saying, I've got something up my sleeve. I mean, what's that? Then? He said it's a surprise. So there you go. Oh, Talking no. about um, right. surprises. Well, th- this is less of a surprise and more of a just like a now regular occurrence. Mr. Andrew Horn, the man, uh, the the man of uh, classical um, of the classical arts, but it's not at all elitist. Will be leading everybody um, in Birmingham Town Hall to a rendition of Barwick Green. Um, he he said, Royfield... Can I do this again? And I said, absolutely, sir. So um, be warned. So if you need to train your vocal cords uh, before uh, November the 9th, I suggest you start getting them trained now because Andrew will brook no bum notes. He's a stickler and a very good conductor. So so be warned. Uh, So uh, on Twitter, God, I can half ramble. On Twitter, you can find me where I'm at Royfield. And Lucy (laughs) is at...
2: Lucy V. Freeman.
3: And so, and then of course, Robert is um at Naked Fingers and Angela Barnes is at Angela Barnes. Uh Facebook. Facebook, go there. You know, there's such a different vibe. And I was having this conversation with somebody, um, specifically about uh Twitter. And one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why Dum Dum has turned out the way that it has, the fact that we can talk about um you know, there's a certain amount of political comment, social comment, etc., and it is from a left of centre bias. It's quite simply because Twitter skews left of centre uh, on a whole, yeah. and it kind of it's kind of a known thing. Whereas Facebook is kind of right of centre. And yeah. that and there's so there's a very different vibe. That's not to say that there's the ra- raving fascists on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group. I'm not saying that at all, but but it is a different thing with a different kind of sensibility. So um, if you do, if you don't like things a little bit sharp and pointed, so to speak, um, you can go onto to our Facebook group and type quite simply find us on that platform by typing in Dumpty Dum. And then you get Millie Bell, Yokel Bear and Witherspoon uh, kind of controlling things. And what they do on a Saturday is lovely where they have a non archers related post generally generated by, (laughs) by Witherspoon. And they just talk about all manner of stuff as is, uh, as is my one generally halfway through a dumpty dum. So, uh, go onto Facebook. Um, if you're not already a member of the clan there, so loose, um, do people need to start sending in cough and cold remedies?
2: No, Again? I'll be fine. I'll be fine. She says heroically. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll be all right by next mm. week.
3: But uh, no, no I sexual will. pun intended, right? But you do appear to be a bit weak of chest, loose. Because this is, as I said before, this is not the I first, am. yes, or the second. I reckon this is the third or fourth time that you've. Uh, I was going to say manfully, womanfully, personably done your dumb dumb duties whilst not being completely and utterly in fine fettle. So we thank you for that, Lucy. Well done, you. You're so brave.
2: This is a pleasure. I am waving my tissues at you in, in <laughs> graceful it's, gratitude.
3: Uh, are these white tissues? Is, is this is uh, the universal sign <laughs> of surrender. Have you given up?
2: Yes, absolutely. I Let have. Let it totally. all be over. <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right i think i've just about done everything that i wanted to do i mentioned ottawa and i'll mention it again if you are in the ottawa region or can get to ottawa on saturday the 26th of october approximately three weeks time send me an email or go on to dumdydum.com. hit contact us if there's a couple of people that can make it um i will tell maddie to unleash the dogs so to speak and yes uh we w- she can arrange uh, a little mini meetup not anything big not anything uh fancy uh but it would be nice if maybe two or three extra dumdy dummers can make that in ottawa and uh we'll we'll, we'll get maddie who's a, an ottawa native to to plan that because she really wants to give it a go and dumdy dum live in brum december the 9th it's going to be awesome and oh brighton there you go i knew there was something else my last thing to say is uh people want to see you in brighton on um october the 12th I did that at the, at the eagle the pub show. i know you did i'm just wrapping up loose i'm just giving everybody all the information that they oh, need okay. to go on their dumb de way okay eagle pub 1pm Saturday and it's going to be lots of fun and what you need to do is you need to tweet Kerry Warbis or Angela Barnes on the Twitters and then they'll do something and then you'll have a name tag and it'll be lots of fun there you go that's dum dum for another week done bye
0: (laughs) (laughs) planning for your next trip